Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 123 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. And Michaela, there was a time uh, in movie history where there there was no talking in movies. Uh, there was no singing. Uh, there might have been dancing, uh, but there was there was just a, a wee bit of music playing. You saw you saw your movie, your silent picture, but then all that changed, right? The jazz singer came, uh, changed the whole world, and it changed it for you know all the Hollywood stars, just like Don Lockwood in Singing in the Rain, Michaela. Yeah, yeah. There was a movie uh, came come out a few years ago called The Artist, which talked about this very same issue, right? Um, if you've ever seen, have you seen some of the silent movies? Have you mm, looked at mm-hmm, any of them? Mm-hmm, They're yeah. really um, quite well done considering there is no sound editing. The sound editing is basically an overlay of piano against, you know, the backdrop of whatever it is that you're watching. And uh, I do feel bad for uh, the example that this brings about technology really um melding with an art form and so the artists either had to adapt uh and move on or they kind of got pushed out of that business because if you you know didn't speak well or you know you had a voice that was grating to the ear looking at you Lila Lamont um wow you know your your job was really in jeopardy and that really is tough in in the business where you know you feel like you're experience is brief anyway because you're going to stop being young and beautiful and and maybe even talented depending on what happens so yeah uh, but yes yeah don lockwood <laughs> absolutely it was a it was a tumultuous time but yeah one of the uh first uh kind of kind of films that were tackling this subject you know there's there's been a few uh that kind of tackled this uh, transitional period of hollywood but one of the first one of the most beloved is singing in the rain and that is what we are talking about Uh, This week, Michaela. So why don't we do this? Uh, We're going to need a cocktail that is worthy of Don Lockwood and his uh, singing and dancing uh, shenanigans uh, out there in the rain. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to whip up this week's cocktail to to get us ready to go because there could be some singing coming. I don't know for sure, but we need a cocktail. We'll be right back. You know that they're singing. If if I'm going to be involved in a podcast about singing in the rain, you know, at some point I'm definitely going to be breaking in a song. So this week's cocktail consists of dignity, always dignity, which is funny because, um, yeah, if you're a starving actor, you have no dignity. I mean, you have some, right? Mm, But like mm -hmm. you're you're going to do almost anything for a paycheck and the audience's cheers, right? You're and and we see that we see that. Um, But this Kathy Kathy even says, yeah, you don't even have any dignity. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you doing? Um, But this, this is called the Don Lockwood, and I have to say that when we first looked this up, uh, this comes from Food Republic website. It's really good. Um, When when we first saw this, we were like, this looks really good because it it's definitely like a uh, a man's man cocktail. It's very masculine. It's very like Mm. bourbon forward. It's very it's very old fashioned. It's very. But then we tasted it. And holy macaroni and cheese. It's so good. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Holy, holy macaroni and cheese. It is so good. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, another quick uh, twist on the old fashioned. Uh, we did one last week for John Wick. So uh, kind of sticking with that theme here. But yeah, as you said, Michaela, Don Lockwood would drink something that's this. It's it's very sophisticated. It is uh, it's full of dignity. It's it's full of amazing flavors and it's super simple to put together. Uh, so let's do it. So you're going to grab a glass, a rocks glass, put a big ice cube in there. Um, if you have one of those available, that's the best way to do it. Uh, go ahead and the recipe says three eighths of an ounce of maple syrup. I don't know if that's like the particular size of spoon that they had on Food Republic. Uh, so just, just kind of eyeball it, you know, somewhere between like uh, a quarter and a half ounce of maple syrup. Put that in there. Uh, two dashes of aromatic bitters, two dashes of chocolate bitters, and then an ounce each of bourbon and an Islay scotch. So we used Elijah Craig and we use Jura for our scotch. So Islay scotches are the ones that come from the island uh, region of Scotland, um, which are the, when you think of scotch, you think of that peat smoke flavor. Those are the ones that specifically come from the Islay region. So make sure you do that because uh, that smoke is really going to pair with that chocolate and the maple um, and kind of that, that nice rich oakiness from the bourbon. It's real good. It's real good, Michaela. <laughs> it's real good. So as we all know, right, Michaela is fairly new to the bourbon uh, adventure, okay, and, and all of the <laughs> scotch whiskey bourbon stuff, okay. Um, it's not that I didn't like it, but uh, for me, it was it, 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 the alcoholic content would usually overpower the flavor for me. However... This is the cocktail. And I've said this a couple times, but this is the one. Mm. I'm going to be drinking this on a on a just a Tuesday night because it's so easy to make. Um, it really it's four ingredients in a glass with some ice. It's so simple and it's so good. That chocolate bitters. Now, not all chocolate bitters are created equal. Um, the one that we used, it was basically just like a dark chocolate piece uh, of of richness that just overpowers your mouth in a beautiful way. I loved mm. it. I think it might be too much for some people um, because there are two dashes in there. So you could play with this if you want uh, right. flavor profile. But I thought that the Islay Scotch with the smokiness and the the kind of the casky, old fashioned chocolatey concoction and the, the way that it just sits in your mouth and then it doesn't burn on the way down even though it's two ounces of liquor i mean so good so yeah. amazing oh my gosh uh yeah but you know this should have i i feel we should talk about this we should drink responsibly because this will sneak up on you after my one i was like we <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, tread lightly there uh, whenever you're doing uh, something like this, for sure. But it is, it's a perfect kind of evening cocktail, a perfect after dinner uh, cocktail or uh, cocktail party type of a thing. I did make a, a second one for myself later than when I was uh, watching Singing in the Rain uh, to prepare for today's episode. And I, I did half the chocolate bitters. I only did one dash of that. And that was perfect for me. But but give this a try. Full boat. Uh, let us know what you think about it, because this one was excellent, Michaela. So very excited to share this one in the world. You can get pictures and all that stuff on our website. But, you know, what what we should do, really, uh, you know, if we're going to be out singing and dancing in the rain, we're going to need something to warm us up. I think this cocktail is going to be perfect for that. So why don't we do this? Let's mix up another one of these uh, quick and easy. And then we'll be right back to chat about this week's film, Singing in the Rain. No, no, Miss Lamont, round tones, round tones. Now let me hear you read your line. And I can't stand them. 
Spoiler warning for Singing in the Rain. This film was made in 1952. So you've had 71 years to see this thing. So I'm not sorry that we're going to talk about all the things Singing in the Rain. We're, there's going to be singing. There's going to be some dancing. You're not going to be able to see that because this is a podcast. But all of these things are going to happen. We're going to talk about the beginning, the middle, the end. We're going to talk about all the things. And I ain't sorry because you've had plenty of time to see this film. And everybody should go see it because it is one of the best. It is arguably the best musical in film history. It's like mm. number two. It, it comes in like in the top five of the 20 best musicals in all the lists. I've looked them. I've looked at them all. You can look them up, um, which I, I, I we can talk about whether or not it's actually worth worthy of that. But this film was amazing, which is interesting because I don't think it it, it didn't win any Oscars, did it? Or it's did a, it? It's a- it's a not no. Um, as you said, this came out in uh, 1952. Um, it was directed by Gene Kelly and Stanley Donnan. It stars Gene Kelly as dancer turned stuntman turned leading man Don Lockwood. His musical sidekick Cosmo is played by Donald O'Connor. His silver screen would be love interest Lena Lamont is played by Gene Hagen. And introducing the world, the voice of Kathy Selden played by Debbie Reynolds. And no, Michaela, this didn't win any Oscars. It was nominated for two. Uh, Gene Hagen was nominated for Supporting Actress, and it was nominated for Best Original Score in a Musical Picture. Didn't win that either. Uh, they did two original scores uh, back then. They did one for just regular films and one for musical films, because musical films were the bee's knees at the time. What a better way to tell a story than with some singing and dancing. That's right. That is absolutely right. And there's a lot of things that this film did that was so indicative of like a quintessential like 50s 60s musical the we're going to talk a lot about it but like some of the numbers had really amazing shots of overhead where you had uh, you know people laying on the ground and creating this kind of circular uh cinematography moment where you had people looking right up at the camera and that was really i feel very indicative of the time period um you don't see that much in in musicals today um this was recorded on like a sound studio and then lip synced over um so that was different than what we're seeing now where people are actually singing and we're ca- capturing it at at, at the time uh, mm-hmm. that it's being mm-hmm. filmed and so um but i like this old-fashioned or, or traditional way of doing a musical um for that very reason and of course the absolute um iconic scene of gene kelly dancing around in a rainstorm singing to a bunch of stuff while he's tap dancing and making that happen um we're gonna get into all of those things <laughs> we will get into all of those things absolutely um did want to make a quick note donald o'connor did win the golden globe uh for best supporting actor um there in a musical or a comedy so it wasn't uh, completely shut out of awards but yeah uh, didn't win either of those two oscars it was nominated for so uh, let's get this thing started off uh michaela because we got we got some stuff to talk about and then you know we'll talk about kind of the significance of singing in the rain you know once we get to the end but um the beginning of this film is incredible because you're outside of this movie theater there's like some movie premiere or something and you have like this like they like stands are set up where people are are there waiting to watch all of their favorite stars coming in um and you have police trying to hold like all these people back from getting too excited and i like all these cars keep rolling up and everyone like stands up and gets real excited and then they kind of sit back down like oh that's not who i wanted because everyone is there to see don lockwood and he goes up and he starts giving this most amazing speech randomly uh, in front of this and i absolutely love it yeah i mean 
it reminds me of like what we watch now on the red carpet in front of the Golden Globes or in front of the Oscars, right? They're not asking him what he's wearing, uh, but they're like, tell us your story and tell us how you feel. And he goes from like the beginning of time. He's like, I was born a small, poor boy. And uh, and we hear what he's saying. And then we watch the actual uh, truth of what is happening. And it's so funny because he says that his life uh, and, and has been filled with the mantra of dignity when in reality, he's just done whatever he has tried, you know, whatever he could to get by and to make a little cash and to stay true to his um, artfulness, which has been playing the violin or viola. I don't know which one because I'm not a musical person, um, but he's playing something and his best friend is playing the piano with him. And then they're doing these tap dancing routines and they go from like doing this in uh, like theater lobbies and pool halls to doing it at like vaudeville. Um, and then they finally kind of get into this picture studio. And this is where I think the art direction is so cool because we have seen just recently um, Babylon, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. set in a, it's supposed to be set at about the same time. And the, the idea of these picture houses, these distribution companies and these, um, they have these ginormous set stages and they have these really huge areas where all the actors kind of go on and, um, and kind of commiserate around and they all are working off of these enormous sound stages and, um, and what that looks like. Um, and he's telling the story about how he was, he basically got into be a stuntman and he meets Lena Lamont who seems not so nice uh even though he's a really good looking nice guy i don't know why she thinks all of a sudden no she's... this this scene is awesome uh because he meets her and he goes up to her right uh and asks her out on a date and she is not giving him the time of day until the studio executive comes up and says i've cast you in the new film and then all of a sudden she's very interested in going with them uh, but they do a really good bait and switch here with uh, lena lamont because lena lamont doesn't say anything uh, until it uh turns out that uh uh, her not being able to say anything uh, very good is going to be a pretty pivotal uh, part of this. But I, I love that scene so much. He shows her some interest and she could not be bothered until she finds out that he's about to be a movie star too. And then from then on it is Don and Lena, love of Hollywood. Right. And I think this happens a lot where you found people who had really good chemistry um, that, you know, were not necessarily romantically involved at all. I mean, we see that today. Um, Bradley Cooper is in a ton of movies with Jennifer Lawrence. They have amazing onstage chemistry, but they are not an item. And then there's all these people that uh, ship them. Mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. that, that's what the new, the cool kids, the young kids that I don't understand are saying. Um, we did the same cool. thing. <laughs> I'm young and cool. Uh, but in 1952, they did the same thing. In fact, people shipped them so hard, it became a thing where, um, in this case, Lena Lamont and Don Lockwood don't uh, correct anybody. And so they're like, yeah, we're just good friends, even though Don Lockwood and Lena Lamont don't like, well, Don Lockwood can't stand Lena. Lena thinks that somehow all the things that she's reading about is totally true on all these Le magazines. Lena ships Don she's and like, Lena too, for sure. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you love me. And he's like, I would rather kiss the tarantula. So great.
It was really great. Yeah, absolutely. So they go to this movie premiere. Uh, that's that's a lot of fun. And then after, you know, Don and Cosmo are walking out, they're headed on their way to like this rap party uh, kind of thing um, up in the Hollywood Hills when Don gets uh, accosted by a group of his adoring fans and he ends up like running up on top of this truck and then just jumping down uh, into some random car uh, where we're going to meet uh Kathy Selden, played by Debbie Reynolds. Um, and this kind of interaction is great. They're going, she offers to give him a ride and he's kind of talking to her. She doesn't have like any earthly idea of who this guy is, or she's at least pretending really well that she doesn't know who he is. Um, and she's giving him some, uh, some shtick back, right? Uh, Don, uh, handsome guy, a uh, very talented guy, movie star, uh, adored, literally is having his tuxedo ripped off of him by his fans. And she doesn't care about any of that. She tells him that actors aren't even that talented because you don't have to say anything. Silent he, film guy, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he comes on a little extra hard because he's so used to having these adoring fans and she's very nice, mm -hmm. uh, but she's not just going to, you know, think that he hung the moon because he's Don Lockwood. Um, and so... You know, she does tell, say these things like, oh, they're just a bunch of dumb show and it's not that big of a deal. And I don't actually watch the movies and I don't read any movie magazines and it really bothers him. Uh, and so at first, uh, so they kind of get into an argument about it because uh, he takes it to heart and he's pretty insulted. And then a policeman shows up and kind of outs Don Lockwood as the Don Lockwood. And then she realizes uh, this is a giant movie star and he's in your car and it's the really great Don Lockwood who's been in like all these films. And so she's a little bit starstruck and uh, uh, I, it's pretty funny, actually. I do. Uh, I do like that uh, kind of kind of towards the end of this ride, uh, she pulls over because she sees a police officer <laughs> and the officer is just like, oh, don't worry about it, lady. It's Don Lockwood. It's fine that he just jumped into your car randomly. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, but they get to this party. Uh, they're having a great time. It looks like a it looks like a pretty rip roaring party. Um, the studio head uh, puts on one of these new fan dangled talking pictures. Uh, it's just a guy. They're talking and everyone is like, nah, that's a flash in the pan. No one cares about that. No one wants to see that they like silent films but uh bad news that's some uh, good foreshadowing there uh for what happens in this film is that people do indeed like these talking pictures and the whole industry is about to be turned over uh but remember that girl that we just met in the car uh yeah maybe maybe she was full of it a little bit kathy because she shows up um inside of this giant uh celebratory cake comes out and does some uh chorus dancing uh pretty good i really like kind of this section there's about ten thousand streamers uh being thrown around so kudos to debbie reynolds who just keeps on dancing despite the fact that there's about ten thousand pounds of streamers hanging off of her uh so good job there but uh but yeah so so kathy's there uh there's a pie to the face that's bad news uh for lena lamont and uh i don't know michaela what what do, you, what do you think about this party here? So I love that this is the first time I'd ever seen anybody jump out of a cake. Um, number one, it was really great. Um, she's there. Uh, Kathy Selston is like, hey, leave me alone. I'm trying to do my job because she actually is one of those working actresses that like you think that this is, you know, back in 19, this was probably the 20s, right? She's like, I'm going to get mm -hmm. 15 cents and I got to live off a week for this. Leave me alone. But I love at the end of this number, this musical number, they shuffle back out of the room and they take 37 pounds of streamers with them. It's so <laughs> hilarious um, because you would never do that today. That's like a health and safety issue. There's no way mm. that they'd be like, hey, we're going to do this unless they were a bunch of stunt doubles somehow that we're okay with it uh, because you could seriously get yourself hurt. Um, and luckily not, nothing like that happens, but 
Uh, Leela Lamont takes a pie in the face. She doesn't like that because she's a diva and doesn't like that Don likes her. Um, and so, you know, Kathy runs out, rushes out, even though Don's trying to figure out who she is. And uh, because he's he's quite stricken with her. It's I don't want to say it's love at first sight, but he's definitely is. Um, she's captured something uh, within Don Lockwood. And so he's he has found her very interesting. Yeah, say. yeah, yeah. Because she's yeah. not. She's not just going to fall over and fawn over his every move the way that all his adoring fans do, right? Um, and I think right. that's something to be said for relationships in general. Um, you know, he he's like, this. There's there's something more to this, and she can sing, so she understands uh, a bit a, a bit a bit about the business, right? She can sing, she can dance. Um, fun fact, uh, I don't know if it's fun or not, but Debbie Reynolds had no previous dancing experience. So Gene Kelly actually, uh, admits that he was really awful to her the entire time they filmed this, um, mm. because he probably wasn't very patient. Um, I don't know. I wasn't there, but, uh, they, they, he, he has said that he was very surprised that she ever spoke to him again. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, but we love what they produced because there's been uh, a, there's a lot of scenes that come up after this where Debbie Reynolds does a pretty good job dancing in my in my estimation. As she a does. Person. Yeah. Yeah. She, as a person. Yeah, absolutely. She does a good job dancing. And, um, you know, that's kind of that's kind of the crux of the story right here. Right. So after this party, Lena is agitated as all get out. She took that pie to the face. Uh, she's going to go to the studio and say, hey, uh, remember that Kathy Selden that threw this pie on my face? Make sure you fire her. Make sure she doesn't come back to work. Make sure she doesn't do uh, anything else. Meanwhile, Don has been looking for, her, uh, you know, all over town hasn't been able to figure out where this girl is uh but the the industry has moved on we've moved into talking pictures now uh they're uh making a film uh lena and don called the dueling cavaliers they make it uh everyone is hearing lena's voice now for the first time they're hearing don's cheesy dialogue for the first time uh you get a really kind of great scene where they're trying to figure out how to use the microphones and lena can't ever talk into the microphone so it's like cutting in and out of her talking uh which is amazing as they're like running the microphone is in a plant and then it's on like the front of her dress and then it's on the shoulder of her dress and uh it's it's really pretty great stuff uh but the dueling cavalier uh no no bueno the test audience says that is the worst thing i've ever seen in my whole life uh and that's that's bad news for don and crew uh because this could spell the end of end of your career right you're a right. silent movie star not a talking movie star that's right and you know don lockwood has a lot going for him he's a good looking guy he's got a great voice like they they really did try and this is true and i, I thought this was really a, a a really cool way that they filmed this is that you know the studios really tried to set the actors up for success they got them voice coaching they got them like um, movement coaching um, you know, we've got this really great scene where uh, Lena Lamont is uh, trying to learn how to speak. And it's like, and round tones, round. And I can't <laughs> no. stand him. And she's like, and I can't stand him. It's so great um, because her voice is just so annoying. And uh, I think that's pr probably partly why um, she got her uh, Golden Globe or her no, she didn't get the Golden Globe. Sorry, she was nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actress because she's so annoying and she does it so well. Um, but she's also not as receptive to all of this change as like Don Lockwood is. So there's a really great scene where uh, Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor, and this linguistics person is like, 
talking about uh, all of doing all these tongue tying kind of exercises um, to enunciate in front of the microphone. And I think that that's really fun. I love that. It's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's really tough because Don Lockwood's the only good thing about this film <laughs> that's made. Um, and they're they're in a lot of trouble because um, RF, who's the producer of the film and in, a member of the studio, he's like, look, uh, we have to go live with this. We have to send this out to the entire country in six weeks. And this is a total bomb. Like, I, I don't think we're I don't know what we're going to do. And so uh, the three three folks. Yeah, Don, Cosmo, and Kathy are together hanging out. And Cosmo is like the brains of this operation, right? He's the one coming up with the plan. He tells the studio executive the plan. Uh, maybe we can turn this into a musical. You know, Don, Gene Kelly, you're okay at singing and dancing. Uh, as Cosmo comes up with that idea, he comes up with the new title. Uh, they're hanging out at the house. He has the idea to, uh, you can kind of overdub Lena Lamont's voice with Kathy's voice. This is all going to work out. But instead of being the dueling, uh, the dueling, what's it called? The dueling? Cavalier. The dueling cavalier, it's going to be the, I don't know, the singing and dancing cavalier. The dancing, the dancing cavalier. cavalier there it's going to be the dancing cavalier. That's right. But that's when you get the good morning uh, song there in the apartment because they've stayed up all night trying to concoct this plan. Um, it's a it's a it's a pretty good plan, I think. But unfortunately, when your plan involves overdubbing the uh, the starlet of this uh, movie house, uh, maybe she's going to find out about that and uh, not take too kindly of someone usurping uh, her power and prestige in this. She wants everyone to know that she is the real star, not Kathy. Get out of here, Kathy. That's right. Well, uh, and this is where we see a very young, um, bright Mar- Rita Marino because Marie- Rita plays Zelda and Zelda is the one who actually tips off Lena that uh, someone is dubbing her stuff. And it makes Zelda. her real, real mad. Um, yeah, thanks, Zelda. But um, it was really beautiful because I didn't realize until very recently that Rita Marino was playing Zelda. So that's awesome. Um but yeah, Lena Lamont, she's real mad. She goes to talk to her lawyers and she's like, no, that's, the, you know, I'm going to continue to use Kathy as my voice uh, moving forward. She's going to do all my singing. She's going to do all my uh, speaking. And that's just the way it's going to be. And unfortunately, um, the, I think that that also probably happened a lot <laughs> where people would uh, think they were doing the studio a favor and then get wrapped into having a contract where they didn't get a lot of say into the kind of uh, uh, creativity and the, the art form that they would bring to a film. And so they were mm-hmm. typecast as certain things or they were only used for their voice. Um, and so, uh, again, I thought this was a really clever way to bring some of these issues to light in a different way. Um, but of course, uh, like you said, Donald O'Connor, who plays Cosmo Brown, he is amazing. Um, he doesn't get enough credit. Uh, even after they come up with this concoction, it's deep, you know, Kathy goes and like lays a giant kiss on Don Lockwood and Cosmo's like, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, it's fine. It's, it was a great idea. I know. Yeah, good job, Don. And it's kind of funny, but He's got this great idea that uh, at the end of this premiere, uh, when Lena's like, I'm going to sing Singing in the Rain in front of all of these people, um, Cosmo's like, let her do it. And we'll just pull up the curtain and we'll show the entire world who's actually singing the song. That's right. Yeah. Hey, you open that curtain and everyone finds out that it's Kathy. Uh, Kathy storms out of there. She's pretty upset. She feels uh, used as a pawn in this game, but it's okay because uh, sometimes the pawn can win the game. So Kathy uh, is going to be uh, 
you know, risen to the level of stardom that she deserves. Um, as this uh, dancing cavalier uh, goes off without a hitch, people love it. And uh, now instead of Don and Lena, you have Don and Kathy uh, ready to ride off into the sunsets and the Hollywood uh, love affair uh, to be for sure. So uh, that's kind of briefly uh, singing in the rain. Uh, Michaela, we went, we went through that pretty quick, which, which is okay because this is a musical. Uh, so really the bulk of the story is being told through these musical numbers, these dance numbers. And one of the things that that's amazing about singing in the rain um, are all the dance numbers are kind of one shot, right? So apparently like stuff like good morning, uh, apparently they filmed from like 8am until 11pm uh, because they're trying to get it all in one take. You had to have it exactly right. There's a lot of moving pieces in all of these things. There's a lot of like prop work. I really like in the kind of the first one in that flashback scene where he's talking and, you know, you got um, Don and you got Cosmo like going through doing like their vaudeville kind of routines. They have this one where they're both playing a violin and they're like doing stuff with the bows and manipulating them. The the singing and dancing and kind of these these held out long shots for them is amazing. It looks so cool. It looks so great. And the amount of choreography, which I assume Gene Kelly was probably in charge of, that's I'm assuming that's what he was in charge of directing um, on this film. Really cool. I love these uh, song and dance numbers. Yeah. Oh, they're absolutely classic. I mean, Donald O'Connor's work uh, when he's singing the Make Him Laugh song and he's performing that, uh, it's one of my favorite pieces of film of all time you get exhausted watching it i mean and and actually he like was a heavy smoker apparently he smoked like four packs a day and after doing that he had to be hospitalized because as you said it's all in one take i mean and when you look at it it's maybe broken into two or three pieces of film um so he's doing these flips and rolling around on the floor and getting lifted up by you know these long two by fours i mean it is insane the amount of physicality uh that all of these people had to have in order to make it uh look good and then to do it now that we know that it was hours and hours and hours to make it look fresh and not look Mm -hmm. tired and just um some of the creativity around doing what they did was just amazing um i think uh, you're right. When you talk about the props for good morning, they have these raincoats and hats and they repurpose them to kind of create these different worlds that you kind of dip into, um, which is really nice because it's very um, it's very fantastical in the way that those pieces of dance are created, which is different than the very last um, kind of piece of the film where they they talk about the Broadway melody. And so uh, it was a way for them to kind of insert a very 1950s-ish look at coming to the big city with nothing. And it had these, it had Sid Charisse as one of the um, dancers dancing with uh, Don Lockwood and um having telling this really beautiful story in just dance and song was which was really really cool um i mean and then of course we have to talk about the singing in the rain yeah yeah that's right singing in the rain it's the uh it's the namesake you get a you get like a little glimpse of it kind of right when you very first turn the film on right you get the kind of three leads there um in their raincoats uh uh going through it just a little bit you know as the as the credits start to you know the title comes up and stuff like that um but then yeah you get actual uh don lockwood gene kelly you know singing in the rain quite uh quite literally there with his umbrella and his uh 
uh, it's still just dress shoes. Uh, it, it's hard for me to watch. I really hate having uh, get my socks wet, stepping in a puddle. That is the absolute worst. He is uh, sloshing uh, through puddles left, right, and center. But uh, it's it's so fun and whimsical. Uh, it's it's very magical. It's like one of the magical uh, movie moments out there. But I don't know. Singing in the rain, Michaela. What what can you say about that performance? It's 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 one it's one of the all time greats. Absolutely. I mean, the biggest issue for me is how do they get the rain to, I mean, and when you 10 look at billion it, gallons of water is how right, they got yeah. it. No. Yeah. But how did they, because every time he had to start over because it's all in like next to one take, I mean, the entire thing, he starts off dry and you can see at the beginning, the water kind of resting on his shoulders and stuff. Cause he's in this wool suit is what it looks like, mm-hmm. which sounds itchy AF, but um, you get this look at the beginning of every scene. He's dry and he's getting wetter. And then by the end, he's completely soaked. Right. But the fact that they, you can still hear the clinking and clacking of his tap shoes while he's in the rain is mm-hmm. really cool. And then he goes from doing these, having these tap moments to like, doing full jump puddle jumps in these in this water until the cop like stops him. And he basically, he just, he's just kind of sheepish and like I'm singing in the rain, but he's doing it because uh, it looks like he's really fallen in love with Kathy and she seems to be uh, returning that. And he's just so happy. He doesn't know what else to do. And I really love that because it's a really light feeling of, um, feeling like everything's going to be fine and you're just so happy, you know, even though it's a really, I mean, the symbolism is very clear, but it's still, Mm -hmm. I think it gets lost and he's just really happy. So happy that he doesn't mind that he's singing in this giant rainstorm. Um, I think it looks better uh, than it actually is because I have to say I've never put on a giant wool suit and gone out dancing, but I have Mm. done what you said, which is I got my socks wet, not nearly as much fun. Um, Yeah dancing in in the rain uh when you when you've got a lot of clothes on um yeah that's that, fair that's fair and itchy and uncomfortable the uh the world is your oyster i guess if you're gene kelly is the is the moral of the story maybe nothing gets you down when you're gene kelly that's that's entirely possible but um what one of the, one of kind of the the things i think that's so endearing about this movie um and it's it's interesting because you hinted on the fact that you know gene kelly was not particularly kind to debbie reynolds in this and then they still managed to have this uh crazy great on-screen chemistry but what i really like about it is in in the dance sections you know be it just between don and cosmo or when it's the three of them or um even you know later when he's dancing uh, with citrice they just look like they're having the most fun in the whole world doing these dance numbers, uh, which is crazy. Uh, you know, especially if, you know, two of them weren't getting along, uh, that that's amazing to me, but it's so kind of, um, like intoxicating to watch because they just look like they're having an absolute blast, especially like, uh, Don and Cosmo when they're at the, uh, the dictation office, they just look like they're having like the world's best time. Like they're like two little kids just like uh, running around on a playground or something. It's, it's amazing. And it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and the song Moses supposes it's very fantastical and just funny and silly. And um, it looks like it looks effortless. Um, And this this was the film for me um, that made me really uh, want to do singing and dancing and acting. And I mean, I saw this when I was very young. It's a great film for kids. My son watched this with me just last night. It's one of his favorite films. Um, 
And it, it's, it's because it's got a lot of layers. I think no matter whether you're very young or, or older, you're going to love certain aspects of it. Um, mm. But it really just looks like it was all the things that you think of as like, you know, golden Hollywood. And it captures that so well in so many ways. Um, the change that happens and that's inevitable in, um, in you know, making films and the film industry in general, the, the camaraderie that you have where even if you don't like someone, you you make a film together and it's it becomes a part of you and it becomes a part of history in a way that is, is just very different than other industries because it's seen by so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they even address that um, within the film, right? Uh, because you have Don and Lena are having that scene, and they're they're fighting, and then they just go on to have kind of this this electrically charged uh, chemistry of you know of the scene when they're filming this this movie, right? And like the the love is, <laughs> or like the the passion is is clearly there, even though they're having this fight like within the within the scene because you know it's a it's a silent film, so they don't have any any dialogue going on, so. Yeah, just stuff like that is amazing. And then um, you brought up the really good point that this, you know, kind of, you know, propelled you into wanting to do singing and dancing and and acting and uh, really kind of made you fall in love with Hollywood. And I think that's one of the neat things um, I wanted to talk uh, just briefly about uh, when they do. I think the song is You Were Meant For Me, I think, um, when they go onto the sound stage there and they go in. And and first of all, for being shot in 1950, it looks incredible because they are like tiny walking into this airplane hangar size size thing but it's so um kind of magical right as he's turning on the lights to uh the background and then the spotlights and the backlights and he's turning on the fan and um all this stuff all this movie magic you know being uh literally just kind of turned on in front of your eyes so i think that singing in the rain um and it it does an amazing job of paying homage to hollywood right and kind of this fun uh, musical sort of a thing um but i can only imagine like in 1952 it was probably the same uh for them Uh, people then right would have been mesmerized by like oh this was the i remember this this was the transition from when we went from silent pictures to talking pictures and then you know 30 years later um you know when we would have seen singing in the rain for the first time or you know 30 40 years later you know we're looking at it and we're like oh this is just like this is classical hollywood right this is how they used to make movies in the 1950s with all these sound stages and things and it's so like magical and whimsical um on that level and i'm i'd be interested to see you know 40 or 50 years later what singing in the rain is going to represent in the terms of you know kind of this time timeline of Hollywood. And I think that that is really neat. And for me, probably um, kind, kind of the kind of the big takeaway is that singing in the rain just kind of, you know, just, you know, once a generation, it just turns over as something that's that's magical and is the, it, you know, movie magic. That's that's why it's called movie magic, because that's what it is. Yeah. Well, and then this film, it didn't get surprisingly. I mean, when you think of Gene Kelly, at least when I do, you don't think I mean, maybe you think of Amer- an, an American Paris, which won Best Picture the year before. Um, but most people, I think, know and recognize this film over that one, uh, despite the fact that it didn't get uh, the tons of accolades that um, uh, that American Paris did. And the fact that now, 71 years on, it's still something that shows up on Turner Classic Movies. Um, it's one of the uh it's it's i don't know if it's because it's also easy to sing but in all sorts of like vocal recitals that i've seen for kids this uh, songs the song book comes up a lot um mm-hmm. and it's just really 
Um, it's interesting to me because there have been hundreds of musicals out there and this one continues to be in the top five. I said this before. Um, but if you look at like the New York Times, you look in, you you look at the New Yorker, all of them have a list. I mean, and this is continuously um, in the top because of the way it was filmed, the, the, the probably, the, I mean, the subject matter, Gene Kelly is amazing. Debbie Reynolds is so fresh and like innocent and um you really feel their their energy on the screen and um donald o'connor is just there's just nothing like him he is like the the most amazing wingman best friend you could ever ask for because he'll always make you laugh and he's the idea behind everything um so he'll save your butt and you can still be don lockwood it's great <laughs> I, 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 I mean, who doesn't want this? Who, this is amazing. That is amazing. Absolutely. So uh, that is Singing in the Rain. Uh, not only is it important to Hollywood history, it is important to drink the movie's history because now we have uh, a new favorite to go to weeknight cocktail um, in the Don Lockwood. So uh, definitely uh, let us know if you mix up one of those. We want to see pictures of yours. We want to you know, find out how you're doing your variations on old fashions. Uh, let us know if there's any other uh, good ways to do it because we want to know that. And let us know what you think about Singing in the Rain. When was the first time you saw it? Did Michaela not sing enough this time? What is your favorite song from Singing in the Rain? Uh, let us know all that stuff. You can do that on our uh, social medias. It's at Drink the Movies on uh, Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com slash drink the movies. Uh, if you want to get into our discord and talk to us about singing in the rain, go check out the social medias. The link is there. And if you want to uh, support the podcast further, a really great way to do that is on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash drink the movies. We just had our Patreon exclusive release for John wick four last week. That's available now. So if you want to check that out, uh, go check out the Patreon. we got a lot of fun stuff going on over there, but uh, Michaela, this was a really good drink. This was a really good movie and we've got a lot more really good movies coming and you know, people, People are going to want to make sure that they're subscribed. They're going to want to make sure they're giving the podcast some love. Where can they go do that? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Good Pods, Near Pods, anywhere where uh, Anchor or Spotify podcasts are distributed. Wherever those are distributed, wherever you're listening, just keep listening. Uh, press the subscribe button where you are mm, right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that's probably the best way to, to go around about this. Um, we do two drops a week. Uh, we have had uh, probably the best two weeks we've ever had. <laughs> Can mm. I say that? Um, yeah. I'm very excited. It's it's super insane that we, that we can talk about movies and uh, cocktails in a way that... Um, we love and in a way that y'all seem to really enjoy. So uh, join us in this community, get on our discord, uh, you know, please, because the more the merrier, it's just a giant movie cocktail party here at Dreamers. Absolutely. All the time. It is. It is all the all the time. Yeah. So make sure you get in on all that stuff. That's the best way to keep up with what we've got going on and what we've got going on next week. Michaela, we are headed back out to the movie theater uh, to see another new release. The new releases just keep coming and coming and coming. And this week we are going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite things of all time is Super Mario Brothers. I remember being a young kid playing Super Mario Brothers. And now I am a person with the means to go see the Mario Brothers uh, movie. So we're going to be talking about that. We've got a couple of really fun cocktails, including a very delicious uh, variant on a milkshake. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. We got that coming next week. And uh, I don't know, Michaela, but uh, Singing in the Rain. I, what, what else can be said that people haven't been saying about Singing in the Rain uh, since 1952? So uh, I don't know. I think we better just call it with that. I'm going to go mix up another Don Lockwood. I'll make you one, an extra dash of the chocolate bitters in yours uh, for sure. And we'll talk to everyone next time on 
Drink, drink the movies. The movies. I'm dancing and singing in the rain. I couldn't help myself. Love it. <laughs>